Welcome back. I'm hoping it's welcome back or welcome for the first time to What's the Story? This is What's the Story on the People Chronicles. And this week's edition, I suspect, is going to touch a whole lot of lives, perhaps yours as well. We um, do an interesting story or explore a story each and every week here on the People Chronicles. I hope you've made that a favorite on your website. And today, our guest is Dr. Gregory Bach. And Dr. Bach, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for having us. We and appreciate also it. joining us is your wife, Deborah Bach. Yes, I'm over here. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> You're I welcome. I appreciate that. And I must tell you that um, one of our listeners to the podcast here on the People Chronicles suggested that I reach out to you and please get your story. So I thought, all right. I went to your website. I looked you up. I Googled you. And you are a Lyme disease expert, not just an expert, but a highly sought-after expert. Uh, yes. Uh, my background is a very interesting background, if you want me to. Family medicine, addiction medicine. Medicine and integrative medicine. I'm triple boarded. There's 55,000 physicians in the state of Pennsylvania, and only probably less than... Um, um, maybe doesn't have triple boarding. So, what does triple boarding mean? Uh, everybody usually is boarded in one subject. I'm boarded in three separate individual subjects. Uh, so I'm boarded in family medicine, uh, addiction medicine is my second board certification. My third board certification is integrative medicine, but my fourth area of expertise is tick-borne diseases, Lyme disease. Is it the integrative medicine that would lend itself to Lyme disease? Actually, all my degrees all of lend them. them out, yes. And I can just break that down. In fact, that uh, the number one person that's going to interact with um, cases of Lyme disease would be like the family practitioner. He'd be on the front line. Uh, people that uh, have addictions, we see addictions are associated with tick-borne diseases. So that di- uh, my addiction degree addictions came in. Addictions to pain medications, possibly? Addictions to food, alcohol, drugs, whatever. Okay. Any kind of addiction. Uh, the third... Uh, why is that? Why are people with addictions more susceptible to Lyme disease? Uh, because of the uh, maybe breakdown or compromise in their immune system when they get sick. Um, people tend to, first of all, try to self-medicate. If they have a headache, they take aspirin, mm-hmm. and then they're mm-hmm. trying to adjust themselves. We see a lot of associated smoking and um, alcohol addiction with tick-borne diseases. And I'll give a statistic uh, out of 50% of the cases that I see that come to my office, um, um, well, the half that come have cigarette uh, addiction. After we treat them adequately for the tick-borne disease, uh, almost 90% of them just quit on their own, so it stops smoking. So um, the tick-borne disease aggravates or it. exacerbates right. the addiction. That's yes. it. So many people suffer from Lyme disease. I, I, I think it's probably safe to venture to say Everybody knows somebody who has suffered from Lyme disease, and it seems to be ambiguous, and it seems that those who have it, either they're cured like that, I got some antibiotics, I'm all good, had a tick bite, went away, or it fatigues them for years and years and years, and nobody, I shouldn't say nobody, doctors have a difficult time diagnosing it, treating it, and the stories that you hear are Boy, I keep jumping from this doctor, and they're on the web, and they're searching for the right doctor because um, it's not diagnosed properly or there is no relief from these symptoms. So that leads me to believe there's some confusion in the medical community, and it begs the question, how did you become an expert? Where did this well, begin? Well, actually, what happened was I came, uh, had to become an expert uh, when I was in medical school in Des Moines, Iowa. My lovely wife had become sick the first year. 
and I remember it was the fall, and she started having problems with her um, sight. Uh, she was having visual problems. Light was bothering her, um, and um, we took her to the uh, medical campus where I was going to school in Des Moines, Iowa, and they said, um, your wife is um, going blind, and she has severe macular degeneration. So we didn't know anything about that, but prior to that event, before we had moved, we were in the Cherry Hill, New Jersey area, before going out to Des Moines, Iowa. She was also having some hearing difficulties, and uh, her local physician diagnosed it as a cerumen impaction, something like that. A what? Cerumen or wax impaction in her ear. Okay. But actually what it was that uh, Lyme can affect all your cranial nerves, it can affect your sight, your hearing, many different things um, uh, that occur in your body. So she was starting to break down. Um, you had, so no, wait yeah. a minute. Deborah. Yes, ma'am. You're losing your hearing. Yes. And and then you move from Cherry Hill to Iowa and yes. you're having difficulty seeing. Yeah. What are the doctors telling you? Is this wax impaction, and, and what, why were you going blind? What was the reason? They didn't have an answer to that one. They didn't know. Just diabetes, anything like nope. that? There was no Nothing. No speculation? Answer. Nope. For the hearing, they told me to take minerals, and it would go away. Well, what, Minerals? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was kind of, um, you got to remember, we went from uh, an area on the coast where people were more uh, educated about tick-borne diseases and then moved to the Midwest where they were less but um, in medical school, I had a neurology professor that was similar to my age. I went to medical school at 30. I was a builder before I went to, oh to school. So I was working my way through medical school, working on houses at night and going to school in the day. And um, so I kind of knocked heads with him, and I said, look, we're from the East. I think that she has Lyme disease. We so know about this. So you speculated. We Lyme already disease. knew that that was what we, were, we thought Why? it was. Well, I was a dog trainer at that time. Oh, Mercer County Park, all the parks in New Jersey. Well, did you at any point have the the bullseye everybody talks about? Did you pull ticks off your body? Lots of ticks, but I don't remember a bullseye. But my wife is very intuitive, and while she was sick and she was losing her hearing, she showed me a, a Red Book article, and it said Lyme disease, the new um, imitator. What or something. year is this? 1988, 89. Somewhere around there. And... Um, so I read this article, and I was very intrigued by it. So I kept taking the article and taking this hypothesis out to the, the doctors that we would see for her, and they said, well, we don't know about this. However, the neurologists started a little bit of a um, turf war because we were similar in age, and I had a master's degree at that time before I went into medical school, so I had an education, mm -hmm. and I challenged him a little bit, and I said, could we please get a Lyme disease test? And he said, I will not even waste the money. Yeah, you refused. I, Lyme cannot affect your sight or hearing. And I said, please, sir, my wife is dying. She's very sick. Could you please just run the test? And he said he's not going to do it. What is the test? What are they testing when they run in Lyme disease when The test? problem with the testing, there's two, two tiers of testing. One is called an ELISA, which is just a, an open and shut yes or no uh, answer for the organism being present. And then the second one, or this tier two, is called a Western blot, where you're actually looking for specific antibodies to the makeup of the different sections of the organism. It's a blood test. Correct. I'm it, sorry. Isn't yes. the ELISA test kind of outdated, though? Well, the ELISA, I wrote a paper on the ELISA test, and I found that it, if the ELISA test does show positive, you got about a 90% chance of having it. Is it true that today, mm -hmm. we're talking 20-some years ago, is it true that today you can think I had a tick or possibly I did and I had these symptoms, so I want to test, 
that test can show false negatives and false uh, positives, so more, it's not really more relevant for false um, negatives. What what basically has happened? Um, the the tests got hijacked because um, they didn't want to take on a new um, uh, disease state. Uh, AIDS uh, insurance companies okay. Okay. Uh, providers. They had to. Uh, the government came in and said, "Look, we're going to make you take care of AIDS patients." And there was a big Americans with Disabilities the 80s, Act. That was, that yeah. Was, yeah. And then, thank God, AIDS had the wonderful people in Hollywood come out and and a protest to help these poor people dying from these diseases. And uh, so Lyme became an orphan disease, so to speak, because if the insurance company said, okay, we'll take this, we're not going to take on any other forced diseases. When you say we'll diseases. take it, they would acknowledge it as and, and an insurable right, exactly. uh, disease or right. an insurable. And that's where the Mar Americans with Disabilities Act, Federal Act, says that if you have um, AIDS, you are uh, by law protected and, and they are required to help you um, with your disease. So the doctor would not give you the test? No. no. Was it expensive at the time? And what's the no. reason? Because insurance wouldn't come? Um, because I, I, unfortunately, I must have ruffled his feathers. Stepped on his toes. Yeah. And, um, but did, he, yeah. can I say something? Go ahead, please. Lyme disease is the only disease in order to get treated, you have to have a positive test. No other disease. You can get millions of dollars worth of treatment for chronic fatigue, MS, that has no proven treatment. But you don't need any test to prove you have it. And the I insurance pulled a tick off my body about, I don't know, maybe a year and a half ago. Obviously went to the doctor. Mm -hmm. didn't have a rash of anything. But I pulled a tick off. Correct. So I'm thinking, yeah. And I had the test. And the doctor said, well, we can give you the test, but it doesn't really necessarily mean anything. And and, I, you know, I was befuddled by that. What? But that's an honest response. And, and we'll push forward now to the future. Um, our, our very good governor, uh, Corbett, who's running for re-election, just passed Act 83. This act gives Pennsylvanians the right to be treated as long as they need to to get better versus the standard two weeks and you're cured. Uh, so it opens up the door now to allow people to have interaction with their doctors. When and, did this happen? Uh, within the last um, uh, 60 days. And it took 19 years to get a bill through in the state of Pennsylvania. Act 83. So Correct. this means that doctors or insurance companies must acknowledge it? What does well, it mean? The, what it means is before the doctors would actually become under uh, uh, the radar scope and then be uh, persecuted if you treated people for more than two weeks with antibiotics. Yes. So it created by the this, insurance companies? Yes, and okay. by the state medical board. They and, lose their uh, licenses, some of yeah, them. Yeah, and, and could be put in jail. Yeah. So it became like the sub-underground of how AIDS were before the, uh, the Americans with Disabilities Act came through. So it was a very daunting task to be a, a Lyme this doctor. This is why in patients are jumping from doctor to doctor, yeah, because looking for somebody to treat them? Not only that, but the doctors are not educated. So I'm now uh, chairman of the subcommittee for the educational component of Act 83 for the state of Pennsylvania, and that's law now. And I'm writing the, the, the information to help educate the other uh, 55,000 physicians in the state and give them a broad-based education so they'll know exactly what to look for, how to go about it. Uh, it's been lacking in their education because of politics. And no longer persecuted because they're Correct. treating it. Correct. So they'd be, in other words, safe Correct. to treat it. How about insurance companies? Are they coming around to uh, making this a, a coverable diagnosis? Well, some are. There's about 12 states that already have laws in that. It's absolutely the insurance companies have to cover it. We're in the middle in our state where we are opening up the educational door. Our, this Act 83 committee 
that one is going to give the information to the governor next year, and then it will create a broad-based informational center to teach the physicians. The physicians aren't or weren't being taught because they didn't want the physicians to do diagnosis, so then they would have to pay for it. The other thing is it's not just Lyme disease we're seeing anymore. We're seeing other diseases with the same tick bite. There's probably about 20 to 30 other what we call co-infections, babesiosis, ehrlichiosis, chlamydia pneumoniae, mycoplasma pneumoniae, parvovirus, Epstein-Barr virus, Rocky HSV-1. Fever. Yeah, Rocky Mountain spotted there fever. There are so many here. Dozens. You've opened quite a door. I wasn't aware of Act yes. 83, so I thank you for sharing Matter that. And Act 83 is the beginning of education. Yes, for which Pennsylvania. Which is an excellent start for doctors and um, hope for patients here that in Pennsylvania. We'll be back and find out more about Lyme disease, what you can do if you suspect you have it, and how you can get proper treatment here on the People Chronicles. This is What's the Story? Our guest this afternoon, Dr. Gregory Bach and his wife, Deborah Bach. Thank you. <laughs> 